Hi, this is Claire from Come Back Brighter. You're listening to my podcast about healing after narcissistic abuse. Welcome. Hello, it's Claire from Come Back Brighter here. I'm going to talk to you today about what it's like to spend time with a narcissist. Um, and basically, it, like spending time with a narcissist, it, it amazed it actually amazes me when I look back how much time I actually spent with my parents because there were never any times when I felt like genuinely and sincerely like relaxed, uh, happy. I enjoyed myself. Um, never. That never happened. The The best that I could hope for if I spent time with them was that that I felt okay. But But even that kind of like feeling of like everything's all right was like hampered was like hindered by the fact that I was worried that something was going to happen so so even in the times that I describe like as the best times and I'm saying that in like air quotes because there were no best times they the, the the times were only all right but even then I was just waiting for something bad to happen. And if I managed to get through like the whole time that I spent with them without any unpleasantness, without there being um, like snidey remarks or tension or um, like rudeness from my dad or like, um, like taking the mickey out of me or anything like that, then that was unusual because and that those were the times when I described it as okay. So so what I what I really mean is like my level of accepting, um, you know, time spending with somebody was like so low, because he would be happy if in some way he was ribbing me. In some way he would be taking the Mickey out of me, um, and it would be done so cleverly. And it would be done. Sometimes it would be like he was showing concern about me. Or sometimes it would be like um, like a family joke, if you like, which I never took as a joke. I was, you know, often upset by. But but those were like the times when it was OK. And I, now I'm just like, what? So there was this kind of um, undercurrent of like insults and mocking and belittling and, you know, but that was OK. But then there were the times when there were like the big rows. Okay, and they were like like more obviously deeply unpleasant. Okay, because the whole thing was entirely contrived. It was never a row about something that I'd actually done that had upset him, or um, something that I'd said that had upset him. It was it was abs- The whole situation was entirely created out of nowhere because he wanted to be deeply unpleasant, and he wanted it to be my fault in some way. So it had to be, it had to be my fault, whatever it was that he did. So it could be something that he said or that he did. And and somehow it would be my fault that there was unpleasantness. And that was because I couldn't take, take a joke. I was being oversensitive. I was being dramatic. I was reading too much into it. Um, you know, all these things, it was always my fault. But it was the whole circumstance was entirely contrived. And I remember one one occasion when um, we'd gone out for the day to the seaside 
and this was like kind of like a bit of a treat it was nice to go to the seaside so we went to and we went to have um a cup of tea because my dad was this whole thing about always having cups of tea or cups of coffee when we were going out and we went into this cafe and he grabbed the newspaper which he always did right so point number one He's with his he's with his daughter and his wife. He doesn't see his daughter very often. This is when I was an adult. Well, maybe once a week, maybe maybe not even as frequently as that. But even then, right, I've made the effort to spend time with him and he gets a newspaper. Now I'm like stunned by how rude that is, that he should be sat there with his wife and his daughter on a on a nice day out and he gets a newspaper. Now, this is what happens. Like when you're looking back over these things, when you've healed so much, you're like, oh, my goodness. How could I not see at the time how rude that was? How could I not see it? But I didn't. So anyway, he sat there reading the newspaper. I'm talking to my mum. And this is just normal. This is just what happened. This is just what I accepted every single time. And there was an article in a newspaper. and. And it said, um, I can't remember the exact headline, but the gist of, of it was that teenage daughters cause heart attacks in their fathers. Okay. Now, by this time, my dad had had multiple heart attacks and actually had had like a real, um, a real terrible time when he had a heart attack and it was so serious that he had to go in and have a triple heart bypass. And apparently, so the story goes, he was bumped up the waiting list for the triple heart bypass because in the time from when he had the big heart attack until the heart bypass, he was actually having a series of small heart attacks throughout that whole period of time. So he was real urgent. OK, he was real urgent. So so this was a big thing. And this was, was probably within a few years of him recovering from his triple heart bypass. And he shows me this article. And not only that, right, this is this is the depth that they go to, these people. This is how kind of malicious they are, how unpleasant they are. Is he he showed me the he showed me the headline of the newspaper and then he said, read it. So I had to sit there, I had to sit there in this cafe in public, reading this newspaper article, which was like I, I can't describe what it was like because it was like like I was really upset I was really upset that he thought that I was really upset that something with that headline that teenage daughters are responsible for heart attacks he wanted me to read and then I was like even more upset because not only did he point it out to me and draw it to my attention he would he sat there and he watched me read through this article and i didn't i didn't read the article because because i knew he was watching me he was he was he was like front row seat right he wanted to see me get upset he wanted to see me uh well cry probably is it how i felt like you know kind of the lower lip wobbling you know, like like I'm being bullied here. This is the same sensation I experienced sat in that cafe with my father reading that paper as I had done when I was bullied at school. OK. And he wanted he what he he passed it over to me. And the way that, that he folded the newspaper, because I think he always folded the newspaper so he could read it. It was like flat in front of me and he could sit right opposite me. 
and he could watch my face as I read all through this article. Okay. So it, it, this is what they do. This is it's, it, all the time. It's like ticking over in their brain. He loved it. He was absolutely delighted that this article happened to be in the newspaper. He was absolutely in his element because he could he could sit and watch me. My mum was quiet, whatever. We were in public. We were in public too. So it, that was like an added element of like, I couldn't, it, it was like more uncomfortable for me to be maybe getting upset in a public place than I might do at home or I could have excused myself and probably been more relaxed at home than I might have been in a public place. So he had this, the, he was, he relished it. He relished watching me. And then what happened? Not only that, right? So I was like, okay, that's interesting. So I gave it back to him. Just still like, you know, like stunned. So what he was saying basically was that I was responsible for his heart attack. <laughs> You know, not the like 20 years of smoking, not the uh, not getting enough exercise, um, not the um, eating all the wrong kind of foods for him. It was me. It was solely me. Right. The whole article could have been a complete like like Mickey take. Right. That, that, that it was actually counteracting what the headline was. But all I read was the headline. I couldn't get past the headline. So I just went through the actions of pretending to read the actual article and gave it back to him. And then when we walked back to the car afterwards, he did this really weird thing where there was three of us. So, and he had the dog. He always had to have the dog. This was part of his game as well. He would, if if I was walking with him, he would either walk faster or slower. So he wouldn't walk with me. So I was, and my mother would always be like tripping over herself to be at the, his speed, be with him. So it would be the two of them and the dog going off. And then if I walked to catch up with them, he would either slow down or he would speed up. And in the end, it just that what actually happened was they walked on with the dog two or three, five meters ahead of me. And I was behind still whilst I was upstairs. I was still trying to get over how what like a gut punch that was that he he asked me to, first of all, draw my attention to the headline and then expected me to read the article. And then on the way back, it was just like at school. I cannot tell you how much it was just like at school. Like that, like the, the like the, your like your best friend is talking to a new girl, and they're all bitching about you. And then and so there's some sort of unpleasant thing. You've got to you've got to stand there and take it, or, or look like you're not going to cry. You've got to like like swallow down the lumps in your throat. There's all the tears wanting to come out. And then what happens is you try to walk with them, and they run off, or you're trying to walk with them, and they're going faster and going slower. So his maturity level was like that of a teenage. It was just like a teenage girl. And then and then what happened was um, we went back and and I think myself and my husband just packed up and left like like, you know, I don't want to be with this guy. And then, of course, because we left, it was all drawn to his attention that we left earlier than we were scheduled to leave. And so there was like kind of like the hint of a conversation about why this was. So I spoke to my mother and I said about, about the article, I don't, I don't remember what she said. So she probably said nothing or she backed him up and said, Oh, and then I, and then, then uh, I don't know how long ago, how much later it was after that, but he wanted to know why we'd left early. And I said, because you made me read that article. Why did you make me read that article? And he said, he said, right. My, like thing at that time was like English language right we've always been fascinated in that language and he said he made me read that article 
because of the quality of the English language that was used. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, right. It could have been an article about, I don't know, tadpoles or, I don't know, cloud formations. It, but he didn't ask me to read that. He made me read the one about teenage girls causing heart attacks. So it had nothing to do with that. But he knew that his stab at me had hit the mark because he could. He knew that he'd upset me by, by showing me the headline. He knew that he further upset me by making me read the article. And then he knew that he further upset me by not allowing me to walk with them, with them on the way back to the car. So it was all these things. And then, of course, I left early. So it's like, oh, good, that hit the mark. That hit the mark. And that's what these people are about all the time. Finding the opportunity to cause the maximum amount of hurt that they can. That's all they're interested in. That's all they're interested in. And, and he was, he, so, so, right? So this was an occasion when it was supposed to be a nice day out. And if that, that was like, to me, like one of the experiences, I, I mean, it stuck with me, okay? I, d I didn't keep a journal during this time, which I regret now, but I didn't keep it, but it stuck with me because it was so deeply unpleasant. And we're talking about now, this must have been 10 plus years ago, maybe 15 years ago. So it stuck with me because this was the time when it was when things were ramping up, when he was getting more and more unpleasant. So if I was having an OK time with him, these really deeply unpleasant things didn't happen. But even the normal time spent with him was unpleasant. It was never, I never relaxed. I never truly enjoyed myself. I was never really myself. I felt like I had to like wear this mask. I couldn't, I had to like let my like emotions be just like, just no, nothing there. Because he, he was so attuned to my micro expressions. He was so attuned to my, my emotions. That was what he's feeding off of. He knew that he upset me with that newspaper article. And then to compound it even more, he was like, well, let's push it. Let's see how far we can, how, how much we can upset her. Let's see if she'll cry in public. Let's see if we can push her to that. That's what he wanted. And so every single occasion that I had with him, I was waiting for this unpleasantness. Okay. And I would do all I could to, to, to avoid any unpleasantness. But actually it was completely out of my control because he would use whatever he could to to hurt me okay so so whatever situation it was it and it was always in particular the times when I was like I was happy and I was celebrating something there was something exciting happening in my life he would contrive things so that there would be unpleasantness so it was with my father it wasn't so much like the overt rouse although the row came after this because that they went on and on and on for months this did because he didn't take responsibility for what he did he just denied it. He said it was because of me being an English language student. He said it was because of what I might find it interesting. Blah, blah. No way. A hundred percent he did it to hurt me and upset me. A hundred percent. And if it hadn't been that, he would have found something else to hurt and upset me because that was the priority of his life was to cause the maximum amount of misery to me. So when you're spending time with a narcissist, I want you to think about it, right? I, I regret, I deeply regret now how much time I wasted with my parents. I wasted that time with my parents. Perhaps part of me was hoping that 
maybe one day I would do something that would earn their love and approval. And, and I hope I spent I hoped that by spending time with them, I was like accruing credit in the bank of mum and dad. So so I might they might not like um, like approve of my partner or my job or whatever it was I was doing. But if I spend time with them, then then that was like me putting something into it, into the relationship that was like a credit. I got like I thought that I got like brownie points because I was spending time with them more time than my brother did more time than anybody else did I spent my time with them and I thought that meant that I might be treated better I thought that might that meant might mean that they might love me more I don't know they might approve of me one day still striving to, to earn their love and approval but it was never I've got to say it was never great it was never great and and from from that point of view now I look back and I think wow I really did like put myself through it because even like I said earlier even the times when it was okay right the times when it was okay was when his unpleasantness was a little bit more concealed a little bit more subtle okay so it was just little digs that he had at me okay because because he was feeling like okay enough that he could just have a little bit of a a dig at me a little bit of a laughing at me or um belittling me or or whatever it was he was doing, insulting me, but but really subtly done. And then occasionally he would feel he'd have to de- tear me down more as I felt felt happier. So if he knew I was like miserable, when I was miserable, he it was the best times for him. My stressful times were the times that he relished and he appeared to be supportive and loving and caring and give me advice and all these things but really what he wanted was the front row seat to my misery and then in the scale as I got more and more contented I did get you know um, and I had things to celebrate things that I was excited about he would his his behavior then would ramp up in exact correlation with my like happiness level would his vileness level increase so the happier I was the more peaceful I was the more joyful I was the more I was excited about life the more he had to contrive some sort of drama to tear me down. But conversely, if I was stressed, he could appear to be all the things that I needed to be, but he was still on the front row seat witnessing my misery. And he loved it. He relished it there. So I re- just think about it. If you're still in contact with a narcissist, just think about, really, is this how I want to spend my precious time? I hope this helps. If you need my help, just email me, Claire, comebackbrighter at gmail.com. Bye.